With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. Power hour number two here inside the locker room. And no Wednesday is complete if we don't have the great Jim Wexel stopping by to uh, to banter back and forth with us and postulate about the future and, of course, expound upon the past. It is the editor himself of, yeah, of Steel City Insider, also our author extraordinaire. Uh, Palomalo book is now in your Barnes & Nobles in the paperback editions. Hardbacks can still be purchased at jimwexel.com. It is the one, the only, Mr. Jim Wexel. How are we today, Jim? My dudes, I tell you, that was an exceptional, <laughs> exceptional introduction. I mean, even down to the hardcover paperback delineation. Wow. You guys are throwing I, big I, words all over the place, man. Yeah, you got to do know. that. I know. I, I was, oh, I was uh, envisioning the future, and, <laughs> and what, what Post- was I doing to exp- the past? Expounding upon the past. Expounding <laughs> upon the past. There you go. Expounding and postulating, I think. Yeah, something like that. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. All right, well, let's give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, when in doubt, let's just go. Um, you know, Jim, I, I think one of the big things is, is, you know, when we look at kind of last week, how, we, how about we expound upon the fast before we postulate on the future? Um, <laughs> you know, what, what did we learn about this Steelers team and, and more specifically this Steelers offense with the game from Sunday night? <sighs> the offense. You had to say the offense. You know, <laughs> let's go with the offense. I gave a and, team and Kenny, one. I gave a team one. <laughs> well, well, well the, the first thing that I think I learned was the secondary is not as bad as maybe Brandon Ayuk or uh, some of the other guys have made it look in the first two weeks. Patrick Peterson, I believe, still has all his skills. I think he's a great cover guy still. And Levi Wallace shows that he is a quality NFL starter. Okay. I know Devontae Adams went off. He is, you know, Tomlin called these edge rushers. They've been seeing uh, aliens on the edge. Well, Devontae Adams (laughs) is an alien who's going to catch 10 passes for 120 yards or whatever he put up. He's going to do that against anybody. I'd like to see him play against Cleveland. Mm -hmm. those corners Uh, so Levi Wallace broke up a critical pass and intercepted two so and and Joey Porter increased his reps again and I think Keanu Neal and Casey are getting getting their their uh their groove on uh you know there's new Keanu Neal's been new I think he's playing better 
I I like the secondary. That's what I learned most. Now the offense against what what had been Wolf. Didn't you have the stat the Raiders allowed eighty four percent completion percentage? Yeah, historic. Yeah, historic that's historic number. Yes, yes. And so uh, we saw Calvin Austin break open. I didn't need to learn that Kenny can throw deep to Calvin Austin because they've been doing it a lot, working hard at it and succeeding. And Calvin Austin, for his short arms and his five, seven and a quarter frame, his small catch radius, is not a guy you would normally associate with being a good deep target. At least from the age era of Ben, with Ben like those six five Plexico Burris's downfield. Right. Uh, Calvin catches all these passes, and uh, and Kenny nails it. I mean, I thought Kenny had a, a deep ball issue last year, but as camp went on and as practice has gone on without Deontay, we're seeing Kenny. Kenny's getting better with the deep ball, and he's he's hitting Calvin. And so I knew that was just a matter of time for it connected. And it did. Yeah. Now, and and we all know about George Pickens, and we all know about Friar Muth. Uh, Darnell Washington was blocking a lot. Isaac Ciamalu blocked a lot better. Yeah. And now he can be the key piece that they've needed, that they've expected. Uh, and they also pretty much did the job on another alien off the edge, in Max Crosby. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. When Max Crosby pulled Chooks Okorafor by the foot like he was a oh yeah like he was Calvin Austin yeah exactly <laughs> what's up with that what kind of freak is that <laughs> but you know what you know what amazed me was on that throw to Calvin Austin it was Jalen Warren five eight two fifteen that absolutely stoned in place the six five two fifty five Max Crosby I thought that was a, just a great job. The alien, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, Jalen whiffed on somebody last week that hurt them, but mm. he has picked that blitz up in the past. We have seen that. I don't think I've ever seen it on Max Crosby, though. No, not like that. That was something. <laughs> that was beautiful. I thought Max I, got surprised I, by the fact that he ran into a stone statue. I mean, Jalen just stepped up and just kabonged him and then helped drove him up. And I was like going, wow. I mean, because you, when you watch it from the end zone – you can see this thing, it doesn't happen but for Jalen Warren. Uh, you know, he came at Max faster than Max came at him. That's aggression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, good point. And you loved it. That aggression cost him last week when he whiffed. True. But, uh, <laughs> but I don't know, man, it worked. It, 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 he looked like uh, the old backs on backers Jalen Warren uh, with Landon Roberts this year. After he landed, had put that poor young man in the hospital, uh, and he Jalen stepped up next and drilled him. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, and now the running game. Mm. I know everybody's talking about the running game, and I, I just don't understand how 19 carries for 65 yards is cause for celebration for your primary back. I, 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 I want to see more out of the running game. And I, as I've been saying to you, Will, for, for a while, since July, I want to see Jalen as the starter, and, and I want to see um, Najee as the guy that spells him and maybe finishes games. I don't, I don't buy this, uh, we can wear you down with Najee stuff. This is not Jerome Bettis. I don't see it happening. And he's, 
He's not the playmaker Jalen is. We saw what Jalen can do in a receiving game. I want more Jalen. As a coach, I, I, I just if that guy's on the field, that's another weapon that can go to the house at any time. And he is durable enough to take those 19 carries. So that's my quibble. And I know I'm an outlier because I know, Wolf, I know you're, you're excited about what Najee showed. And he does. I mean, he, he does show some great second effort. I think that's his strong point. And he gets all no of a sudden question. 17 yards. It's seven, you know, what, what should have been four yards becomes 17 just out of heart and soul. So that's heartening, too. I just love Jalen's playmaking ability, especially as a receiver. So, anyway, wow. that's my minor quibble. But everything else I'm very excited about. Well, and I think, Wex, I mean, you know, when you have those splash moments, they become even splashier if you've had – the sledgehammer hitting, hitting, hitting the teeth of a defense and, and, and tenderizing them for a while, um, that you can have that. I don't know if out the gates a fresh defense and Jalen going in there, getting everybody at their quote-unquote their best at the beginning of the game as opposed to that change-up when you're used to one style and then boom, it's a change-up style, um, you know, if that works, but – you know, we'll see how the Steelers feel about it. I mean, I still think, you know, Najee, you've got to be able to bludgeon. you got to be able to bludgeon because then they start to pop, you know, later in the game or that moment where you think, oh, man, this dam's about to crack. And then, and then like you said, you get the 17-yard yarders. You get the longer runs. You get the 10-plus plays. Um, but I still think the Steelers have to figure out the right combination I think with the play calling style and it can't be as predictable that when Jalen comes in, it's either pass or it's perimeter. You know, I thought the one thing that they had to do last week to really establish themselves was run vertical and they ran a lot more duo, ran a lot more what I call double. Um, and that, no, what I call to, double and you call duo, you always confuse me. <laughs> no, I called it double and you called it duo. When did I call it duo? Because I never call it. It's always a double team. <laughs> well, it's two double teams to be exact. And oh, yes, okay. we, we, oh, It was you, always the, called oh, yeah, 32 duo? and 33 double. Yeah. Okay. Well, see, I didn't. But, that I but didn't But some know. people Sorry. called it duo. Okay. So, so yeah. But, you know, the, the idea is, is that you have to get used to those run fits in a man blocking scheme and going vertical. and Because that's where Najee's at his strongest. But – you're well, not going to see immediate there, it, results right now because of that. There is some degree of predictability when Najee gets the ball. I don't, you know, is it the play calling? Is it, is it some tell by either him or Kenny or a lineman? I, it just seems like he has no chance on a lot of these. So I'll buy into that. And yes, they, they do need to clean that part of it up a bit. So. Exactly. But, uh, Let me ask you this, though, Wex. Now, Gene Steratore was on uh, DVE yesterday, and he said, and this is re in reference to the Minka uh, foul on uh, Garoppolo, he said the moment a passer becomes a runner is when he tucks the ball and adjusts his posture to avoid the rush is basically what he's saying. And I, I, I agree. I think they, the referee blew the call. I thought that was so egregious yesterday. To, uh, I'm sorry, on uh, Sunday night. To, to call that flag that, especially when it led to uh, extending the, the drive and a touchdown. But, you know, there's got to be a better way to define 
and and extend you know the the passer protection there's got to be a point in time where yeah the guy's a runner okay he sees the blitz coming he's got to defend himself too and he can't do it by just turtling up and then creating a contact position where two guys are coming together and because the quarterback lowered his head the defender now gets flagged for for you know banging heads i i find that ridiculous i i, I agree the egregious part i thought was the uh potential impact it had on the ball game you know you go from third and 16 to first and goal right right Uh, true. and but they overcame it you know they they uh wisely Mm -hmm. uh, leveraged on the field goal to take another minute off the clock and then uh josh mcdaniels romeo cornell did if you remember cornell going for a field goal in a similar situation with cleveland against the steelers um and he lost his job at the end of the year. And I think that game was a big letdown and, and just a bad call. And I believe the same for the Raiders. This, I believe this call at home by Raiders fans is probably still being mulled over and tossed mm-hmm. about like a Matt Canada chant. And I just, uh, I see ugly things out of that decision. So uh, the Steelers were able to overcome a bad call. And, and I understand why the call was made this shock factor of the quarterback getting jolted like that. They don't have the courtesy of the replay uh, that showed it was a shoulder hit by Minka, not a helmet hit. Mm-hmm. A little bit of face mask. You can't tell me that that really meant anything. But I don't want replay to be expanded. No, I, I, agree. I hate the call for that. So the Steelers handled it perfectly. They overcame the bad call. Now, they can't always do that, and that was as you—the word you used—egregious. Was perfect. Third and sixteen instead to first and goal. I forget what yard line they moved it to. It may not even been first and goal, but it was a first down. Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah, but and, and Minka, man, he—he's not getting any breaks. No. I, I think uh, there's been several plays that he's made that have been nullified. <laughs> uh, what a good ball player, though. So that's exciting in itself that uh, he they're using him in a Troy kind of way and I, I like it because I think Casey's a decent free safety and they can mix things up even though Mink is the best I like this combination of Ed Reed Troy Polamalu as opposed to just being Ed Reed mm. yeah no no that, that's absolutely correct now I do have to ask this question um would you a take Matt Canada and some of his play calling uh, questions, or would you take B, Josh McDaniels, deciding to kick a field goal down eight with two minutes left on his own eight-yard line and four yards to go? Uh, it's an easy one. Give me Matt Canada. I I, yeah. you know, <laughs> I thought that call by Josh McDaniels was, I don't know about a fireable offense this early in the season, but wow, I just just awful, just awful. I thought the Steelers were on their heels at that point. It was fourth and four. And you, yeah. you don't even have to really just convert. You can go for the touchdown. And if you don't get it, still you have the Steelers backed up. You've got your timeouts. Yeah, I, I didn't like that. I, yeah. I was a little surprised. You know, at, and relieved. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. You know, one of the one of the things there's a, there's a couple things, and, and we've talked about this before, Jim. But I really thought that the battle battle within the battle was the double teams that Max was talking about earlier, and I thought the Steelers the duo, yes, the duos, okay, they, or doubles. <laughs> oh, for crying out loud, you guys mixed me all up. But the, I, I, well, you guys I, have been just, 
same thing. <laughs> you you guys have been duoing me all morning. <laughs> yeah, here, <so>. exactly. <laughs> that's, that's how it goes, you know. But <laughs> but you know the the battle within the battle is those duos. And, and and one of the things that I thought really took off this week was their ability to get to the second level guy, to corral that guy, to move the guy with his hand in the dirt. And I thought that was one of the battles that I wanted to see and one of the things I wanted to get cleaned up. But the other one was that second quarter into third quarter, Max, you were talking about it yesterday, when they went field goal, field goal, halftime, field goal, TD. That was really important. It was important to string those drives together. And it started to give you the feeling of, like, the preseason. And to me, that was... That's that's a little bit of the mojination. I know I know Mike was just throwing that out there as kind of like just a you know a distraction thing. But the point is to get string four drives in a row was very much like a preseason that the Steelers you know we've been howling about. I you know I, that's what we saw from Kenny in the preseason. Right, and then boom, he gets his head bounced on the first series of the regular season. So I think. It's just my opinion. I know I'm not casting aspersions on the doctors because nobody saw it. I didn't see it till later when his head bounced against San Francisco. But And he played so poorly the rest of that game, I have no choice but to think that may have had something to do with it. So now that it, 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 he looks like the Kenny of preseason makes him think head's all clear, everything's cool, and back to being Kenny. Well, the the good thing about it was, like I said, yeah, and I I agree with what you're saying. If we if we for a microcosm of the whole thing, I look at that uh, third quarter drive, the one where uh, Fryermuth scores a touchdown. That was a six play drive, three plays run, three plays pass, two of the no three all three passes I believe were play action under center. And boy, I look at that and go, yes, yes, that's exactly what I've wanted to see. And I thought would be beneficial if they can keep it in a proper ratio of under center to shotgun because I'm, you know, the shotgun, matter of fact, it was three under center, three shotguns as well. And I thought that was a great microcosm right there or whatever, a micro whatever a example of what I'm hoping that they, they, they expand on because just shotgun drives me absolutely nuts. Now, I'll say this yes. too. Um, you know, for Kenny, it might be one of those things where Kenny is telling Matt he prefers the shotgun. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I got. I would have to ask Kenny. But the other thing about it is I love the fact there that you had such balance and overall 28 uh, uh, pass plays to 31 run plays or vice versa. I can't remember which. But you got a, almost a 50-50 split. To me, balance was key in this game. Uh, you made all those great points in your great column uh, on the plane landing the win and the plane. That's my headline, Wolfley. Landing the win and the plane. You didn't highlight and, the donuts uh, in the in the breakfast wax, pizza? Wax, oh. wax, Please tell me Wolf doesn't have to land the plane. Oh, we've been through enough already. <laughs> no, no nobody Wolfley wants that. Colon. Nobody wants that. Wolfley was expanding, expounding on that, postulating and, and reexamining. <laughs> And and the Dunkin' Donuts were prominent, yes, oh, in your lead. I, I actually moved those babies up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, and you, you know, it, I don't know if we want to take this as a uh, transition into the postulating the future, but <laughs> landing the plane and getting back to Pittsburgh at one thirty is not something that helps. I believe a really 
bad, flat spot on the schedule. Uh, I don't know how it's going to affect the rest of the week, but you're talking about a team that played an emotional game on Monday night against a rival and won late emotionally. Sustained that emotion for a road trip out west. Altered clocks. Sustained the emotion. We're underdogs. You know, the Mike Tomlin's a great underdog. We can't seem to win in Vegas or, or at the Raiders. Um, they sustained that emotion and won another emotional game. And now they've got a rookie quarterback as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. It's at Houston. It's an easy win, right? So there's no sustaining of emotion going to be discussed, uh, except among someone like me who has seen this flat spot way too many times and knows the danger that's lurking. You know, I, I hear a lot of people talking about, oh, rookie quarterback against the Steelers. If I recall, that was rookie quarterback against Dick LeBeau. Yeah. I don't – and I, I, yeah. I should check out what's happened since Dick LeBeau, but he was more complex. He made those rookies think more than, hey, I could be wrong. Maybe Ter- Terrell Austin and Mike Tomlin are going to do a great job of this. And it is a rookie quarterback. But this is a very good rookie quarterback and a very plucky team playing at home, underdog, against a team that's had to sustain emotion for a couple weeks and might be a little fat, sassy, and spoiled. <laughs> well, we hope they're fat, sassy, and spoiled. But I think what, one thing to also note <laughs> no, is fans. that yeah, – yeah. Yeah, 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 I, I was talking about the fans. I was talking about the fans. But, but I mean, but C.J. Stroud is, is, you know, is attempting 40 – about averaging 40 pass attempts a game. So he's putting the ball in the air, and he has not turned it over. So, I mean, that's something that – we talk about exploiting that and possibly adding pressure in his face effectively. That could lead to a different thing because we, Jimmy G last week walked in no sack, no sacks. He had never he hadn't been sacked this season. We changed that for him, and we also made his life a living hell in the air when it wasn't going to Devonte Adams. Um, one last thought, and then we'll, we'll let you run, Wex. Um, just where do you see? the progression or not even I won't even say progression progression is probably the wrong word where do you where do you put them if if the Steelers go out and have a similar performance like they did against against Las Vegas against Houston do we now say okay this team's found its stride and they're starting to show their identity or is it like ah we might need to give it one more game let's give it to Baltimore and then at the bye we can make that decision where where are you at with that well, it's a week by week, and I think progression might have been the word that works. Um, okay. You know, if they can show that they're not a, a team that flattens out, if they if they don't need the motivation of a Chuck Knoll team, who Chuck Knoll did not believe in motivation, as Wolf knows, you better motivate yourself. Mm. This team has T.J. Watt, guys like that. Uh, I think this will show their resolve because – Baltimore the next week, nobody's going to need to talk about getting up for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're just going to be up for it. Absolutely and not. that yeah. will be a war. And if they win or lose that war, that doesn't matter as long as they're competitive. Uh, and I think they will be. But maintaining, I think this is a critical week to show, get a better gauge of what kind of athletes we're dealing with here. Is this, is this you know, the Mike Tomlin team of the last decade that seems to flatten as favorites after a couple emotional games? Or is this a team that 
it does not need that kind of emotional babysitting. Uh, and with TJ Watt in my locker room, there's a lot of hope that, that they do not need babysat. Yeah, the self-starter, so to speak, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, So yeah, I yeah, want to exactly see no. this week. I don't want to see a flat spot, and I fear it. And as I, you know, I predicted they would beat the 49ers, and you guys have not asked for my prediction ever since. But <laughs> it, it, we haven't asked column, for our own predictions yeah. either because we were right there in the same boat with you, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> we're in we're my, all rowing. We in the all same wore the Dutch cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We were all rowing upstream in the wrong direction. <laughs> but in my column since then, I've had them losing to Cleveland and then losing to the Raiders, and so, hey, maybe I'm helping. I'm going to predict a loss to Houston this week. I see it as a classic flat spot. So to help you all out. All right. You're the anti-mojo mojinator. There you go. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's the demojinator. Oh, my goodness. Well, Wex, we truly appreciate your time. And, you know, for, for our fans out there, make sure you check him out. Steel City Insider, also with some uh, musings uh, from of a wolf, wolfly like nature, also donning the uh, website as well. Uh, go to author jimwexel.com uh, for all of his extensive collection of, uh, of books that he has. But if you don't feel like going on a website and you want to go touch something and be tactile with it, go to Barnes and Noble and pick up the Palomalu book in paperback editions as well. Jim, it has been great as always, and we look forward to another Wex Wednesday next week. Thanks so much, fellas. Thanks, Have brother. All righty. Thanks, but all right. Well, we're going to step aside here inside the locker room. We'll be back in a moment here on SNR and ESPN Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now the shotgun snap. They bring the blitz. Kenny throws it long down the field. There's a man open. He's got it on a dead run. And it's Calvin Austin going, going, gone. Touchdown. Max. I know you've been in the huddle with it. I was in the huddle with Bradshaw. You were in the huddle with Ben, right? The power yep. of the guy. You know, you take a look at Kenny, and right now in six primetime games, he's won five of them. Give me your perspective on what it means to be or to have that guy in the huddle. You know, that guy that you think no matter what, he's always got that puncher's chance of uprooting and, and, and overcoming anything that the defense can throw at him. I mean, it's it's empowering, right, Wolf? I right, mean, it's right. like when you look and see your signal caller and, and you could see it in his eyes. And it's, it's an unspoken, you know, determination that we're going to do this. We are going to do – listen – Everybody do their job, and I promise good things will happen, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, it, it is it is that unwavering belief and optimism that no matter how dire or how, you know, bad the circumstance is, we will get out of this, right? 
You know, it, it, it's, it's something that as a lineman, and I'm pretty sure you probably have a similar thought process to me with this. Man, it gives you all the energy you need, man, when you're tired. Yep. yep. And, and, and that dude, and we know he's tired. Whether he's been hit one time, no times, 20 times. Right, <laughs> and right. He, and he keeps on getting up, right? You know, he's the energizer bunny in those moments where it's really crucial because not only is it that we need him to be that, but he naturally wants to be that as well. And that competitive nature just infects the entire group. And you go there and you're able to do some superhuman feats when you think that you can't do any more. You get a little bit more. You know, I was watching uh I was watching Dark Knight Rising, right? Oh yeah. And you remember the scene in the pit where Christian Bale is trying to figure out how to get how to climb out the pit. Right. And he keeps and he keeps jumping and missing the ledge and everything. And the the old man comes up to him and he says He's like, do you, do you know why you fail? He's like, because because you have you have no fear of death, right? And it's like, and it's the fear of death that allows you to go even further. <laughs> well, for us, you know, and it allows you to do more than you think you can do, give right. more yeah. than you think you could possibly give. It's that fear that drives you. Well, that fear of failure on a football field is what drives us, and what usually drives most athletes and so i know in the movie it says death but i thought about it i'm like for us it's failure right i mean that's we're based on a pass fail business win loss like there's only two scores here there's no a b c d or f right grading it's either you pass or you fail you win or you lose and so that fear of the failure is what drives a lot of us and when you can look over there and feel good about attempting not to fail, it's almost better than saying we're going out to win and succeed. It's that fear that drives you to do great things. But when you have that comforting source of a quarterback, it's like, I'm here right there with you. Listen, listen. If we're going to fail, we are going to fail going 100 miles an hour and, and letting it loose versus timidly playing conservatively. That, that, that's what it feels like to be in the huddle with that type of guy. Absolutely. You could almost say Kenny brings his mojo <laughs> into the huddle. There, there, there we go. Hey, I'll he tell brings you. it. Go ahead. No cross-mojonation. There you go. But we got another guy with mojo we're going to bring into the locker room. That guy is sarcastic, Sword, because I love when he always checks in with some good thought. Sword, how you doing? Welcome to the locker room, brother. Pretty good, guys. Glad you're home safe and sound, and uh, appreciate your show as always. Hey, uh, I know, Wolf, you're you're a hungry guy, but I'll bet crow isn't on your list. But it's on mine for lunch here. I got two pieces of bread and a crow in between to uh, give Mr. Mr. Harvin uh, kudos for the job he's done the last two weeks. Uh, maybe he's, you know, other players, other positions take a while to get into what they're going to be. And, and I hope he's arrived. I, I really uh, appreciated his last couple of weeks, and I'm sure the defense certainly has as well. Uh, overall, uh, with that front seven and the pressure they're bringing, 
I can live with the backs for now, the uh, the defensive backs, I think, with Peterson and, and uh, uh, you know, Fitzpatrick. I think that that's experience back there right. and the moving parts is coming together slowly. Uh, it's a nice thing when you're becoming who you're going to be and you're winning games. That's a great thing. Last year and maybe the year before, we were losing those type of games while we were trying to find ourselves. So that, that's very encouraging. I don't think there's going to be any kind of letdown this week with the inner competitiveness of these guys and trying to get starting positions and playing time, uh, you know, offensively and defensively. So I think there's a great deal of incentive for these guys to be as high as ever. And, and is energetic when they're on the field, when they do get time there. The only thing out, Max, I, I hate the, you know, gosh, the size of you and facing you. I hate to, to, to disagree with you, but as far as Najee goes, when I look at it objectively without any emotional involvement, um, his style, and, and he's a great athlete and as tough as nails, afraid of no one, but he initially a step or two and then stands up, whether there's not a hole or not. He, his speed and the, the initiative and momentum is, is dead. He's standing still, unlike Warren, who's gaining speed as he hits the line, whether he's going to get through or not. I think Warren punishes a defensive line more uh, than Najee does. Uh, he's, he just takes on everyone and he wants to fight with everyone and he's, he's physically a tough guy to bring down, but his speed at line contact is nothing near what Warren's is. I don't think Najee has the speed to turn the corner. He's, he's a big target. So I, I would be, I'd love to see a game where Warren gets 18 or 20 carries and see what that amounts to. Um, he's, 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 uh, there's nothing negative about him as far as pass protection, as you guys mentioned, his catch, catching ability, what he does after the ball, but it's constantly north to south. He reminds me of an Emmett Smith type back. I'm not comparing him to that all pro, but it's the same style forward with your head, like, like a cannonball. And, and see where you pop out. And when he does, he has the speed to go. I, I, that's my only uh, question about the offensive calls here. Last year, and I'll leave you, I added up four or five games of Warren's carries, eight, three, six yards at a time to get 18 yards compared to one uh, of Najee's games. And he was well over 100 yards. And, and I haven't checked the stats, but I'll bet Warren has 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 twice the yardage per carry than Najee does at this point. So uh, I hope it all corrects itself, um, but I, I just would give Warren the ball a little more than we do. All right. Thank you, Sword. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. You know, again, Thank the, you guys. the conjecture goes back and forth, you know. I mean, I look at yeah. I look at Najee. He averaged in this past game, yeah, J- Jalen Warren outrushed him in uh, 3.6 to 3.4. Big deal. You know, I mean. Uh, I, I yeah. like the two of them. The two of them together are really making for some good music in the backfield. They both have their their own highlights of what they bring. I still like to marinate a, a defense a little bit with with Najee. I I think there's more on that bone to be had. But I, I'm not. I'm a fan of Jalen's as well. And the mix of the two, I think, is something that can really be beneficial to the Steelers as they move along in the season here. Well, I no, I, I agree. Right in front of me. 
Well, a crow. And also, I've got a crow sandwich I got to eat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think also, you know, and sort that. That's why we have this show. It, it, if we're all in, if we're all in agreement, it's, it's not as fun to show. Right. Uh, it, it is about the debate and the deeper dives. And you know, I'll say this: one of the things I feel optically is that Jalen versus Najee, where Najee gets hit versus where Jalen assumes the first contact are two totally different places. Um, I feel like Najee's usually at the line of scrimmage or a yard behind the line of scrimmage, average on contact. Whereas Jalen will get a yard or two before he has to feel that contact. And based on either schematics or whatever the play call is, he's not receiving it at the same spot. So therefore there is a more propensity for that when you do turn guys loose in the hole or you're not all the way up in your double team or you are trying to be patient to let the block develop and there's a blitz on, there's different schematics. I mean, I'm, and listen, I'm not arguing about taking, you know, not not giving Jalen the ball more. I think you're right. You do. Because my nickname for him is, do you remember what it was, Wolf, last year? I uh, can't remember. What was Always it? falling forward. Always, yes. I remember that, actually. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. He, he, was the, he was the AFF. And, okay. you know, I still believe that. And I almost said it during the broadcast again, but I'm like, you know, that's just how I see it. Like he's just guts and determination. And listen, I play, I play with his cousin, Willie Parker. So I understand what the Clinton, North Carolina mindset is when they get the ball in their hands, always falling forward, (laughs) always falling forward. And they want to get there fast. So there's nothing you're right, but it's, it's a perfect change up to have two differing styles in the backfield. Because that gives a de- that has that that makes a defense have to game plan more, to adjust for who's in the game, adjust for what skill sets they bring, extra study time to have to outflank these different guys and different approaches to them. Now I will say this: I do agree, you know, that Najee does get a little more upright, but I can also say that about Derrick Henry, I can say that about Adrian right. Peterson, all those guys, you know, have that similar style. Le'Veon. Uh, when did Le'Veon ever lower the boom going into the hole? Never. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, so that's not necessarily a determining factor for the success of a guy. All right. Having said that, we got to go to break, Max, because you, you got the bell lap coming up, brother. So don't go anywhere because Max is about to ring the bell here on the in the locker room for the last lap. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, bell lap time. That's right. We're, we're going <laughs> to rip it fast real quick before to end this show because we had a lot of fun and, and we had a great guest at Jim Wexel today. Wolf, thoughts going into practice. It's Wednesday. <laughs> it's a new week. Um, what What's one of the initial things you think is going to be touched upon during practice today as they get ready for the Houston Texans? I think one of them is the fact that, you know, Wex was accurately describing the fact of the plane trip and that it could be, you know, problematic in a sense and I think Mike was trying to put that to rest yesterday when he talked about the fact that you know 
We don't want it to be an excuse. We don't even want to address anymore. Let's put the whole plane trip down. Everything is, boom, put it in the back burner, and we're moving forward. And it's time to move forward and look at Houston. And by the way, I was watching Kendrick Green playing left guard. Looked pretty good, Max. Yeah, no, it's going to be a, it's going to be a nice little challenge to see a familiar face there and see what we can do and what he knows about us and our offense. That's always one of the things I think. Yeah. You know, changing up some of your signals, some of your calls, because he played the brainchild position, right, at center. Right, right. So he knows a lot more of the schematics than just the average guy who was on a team and got and transferred over. So he's a guy I think that Houston is going to pick his brain about playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to the challenge of it. I think the biggest thing is continue to work the double teams today. Continue to figure out how yeah. to have the mesh points uh, at the right point, drive to the second level, get off on those backers. You know, I had a chance to talk to, um, what was it? Uh, it was a Cash Blakeman, their linebacker. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, that was his name. Last night on, on, on another show I was doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, you know, he's a guy, he talks about their determination. Well, we're going to test that determination. We're going to test their resolve um, this Sunday in their home stadium. I know they had a great victory, but once again, uh, Next week's ne- this week is now the new week. Can you do it again? I don't know if you can with a rookie quarterback, and pressure is key. Those are my last thoughts, Wolf, and that is the show. Very That's the good. end of it. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. We also want to thank Jim Wexel, of course, our caller, sarcastic sword. Love hearing from him. Um, you know, go make it a great day. We're gonna be back here, same bat channel, same bat time. Here on SNR Radio, like to shout out to and special thanks to Mr. Wesley Euler, our engineer extraordinaire, and of course also Sensei Brian LaMartina, who is in charge of it all. Oh, is CJ in today? Yes, he's in today. He's I did one not of the know he was in today. Yes, he yes, is. actually, yeah, yeah, Junior, junior Ninja uh, CJ <laughs> still still working on that per, the permanent tag. He still has to wear the hello my name is because I didn't know he was in there today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> we uh, we love all of our guys there at the station. Appreciate it, everyone. Steelers Nation, make it a great day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Vosh at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build.